no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Barry Centrals. On today's show, we're joined by Joey Wagner from the Illini Inquirer as we break down the 2023 NFL Draft and much, much more. Joey, get in here and talk to him, son. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Busy time. I keep thinking like there's going to be a, a quote-unquote offseason, and it's May 3rd, and I've not experienced that yet. Uh, I've got a vacation coming up, so I'm getting closer, but what a what a busy time, man. Dude, what's an offseason? I mean, okay. Audience, you got to give us a second here because Joey and I, we cover Illini sports. I know you guys want to hear us talk about bear shit, but we're going to talk about a little bit of everything. On the Illini side of things, Joey, what the hell with this portal? When do we get a chance to take a, a fucking break? You blink and you're like, okay, who's leaving? Who's coming? Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's insane. Like when that portal closes in basketball, at some point, I have life is a blur in terms of days. I know it's sometime here in the month of May. At that point, you're still waiting on draft decisions uh, that, yep. that are going to go towards the end of May. Look, we're complaining. We got a pretty sweet gig here, but uh, it is, it's busy, man. This thing's turned and like it's 12 months now. Like that's mm -hmm. college, especially if you do football and basketball, like we do, yep. it's, it's 12 months and it's fun. It's a great job. You do a lot of cool stuff. We were in Kansas city, Brian, like yep. awesome stuff to do, but man, it does not like slow down. It doesn't, <laughs> time doesn't wait, man. It doesn't, man. And I'm trying to figure out how to sneak in a vacation here, man. I just don't know when the hell to take it, bro. I, really I just don't. said, hey, good luck, guys. I'm out of here. See you in a week. <laughs> when are you heading out? I'm leaving tomorrow. I got a boys trip and uh, going out of town for that and meet my girlfriend down in Nashville for a little bit. Hell yeah, man. Good for you, bro. Hopefully uh, Warner and the boys can uh, keep everything warm for you. While hey, we'll gone. see. I hope. Otherwise, <laughs> you know. The, when the foundation leaves for a week, I don't know what they've got. God, I hope See? we're going to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of him, man, shout out to Jeremy, man. That dude, man, he's he's legit, bro. I, I, and Joey knows this, and the audience, you guys know how I operate, man. I'm pretty much, I stay to myself, get shit done type of guy. But I remember, man, being on that beat, and Warner just, like, coming up to me and was like, bro, you're good, man. He said, you ask really great questions, man. Keep up the good work. And it's the little things, man, when you're, like, entering this space. Shit like that, man, it takes people a long way. So I just appreciate him and you and just the work that you guys do over there at the Atlanta Acquire. Dude, are you kidding me? You're everywhere. You are <laughs> everywhere. Shout out to you, man. Like, I saw you update having updates from the, uh, the Senior Bowl, and I'm like, this guy's kicking the hell out of us. Like, he's all over the place. Shout out to you, dude. You, you really put in work like a few others, dude. Can, you crush it. No, I appreciate that, man. But So let's just get into it. The Atlanta, man. What the fuck? Devin Weatherspoon, top five pick. You've covered him the whole time. Just can you talk to us just how that feels just for you from your standpoint? Because you've been on this beat the entire time. Just how does that feel just for you to have covered a top five draft pick? <laughs> it's pretty cool. Like just to see these guys and know a little bit about their story and like to see them achieve their dreams. Like Devin Witherspoon, I'm trying to be a basketball player until his junior year. And his mom's like, hey, listen, like, you gotta do something. Like you you got to do something in the fall here, basically. You gotta go out and play football. <laughs> And he's turned that into being a, a under-recruited, zero-star guy. That story is incredibly well-pulled. Uh, and he's done that. He was a late addition in 2019. I remember 
like I've it's funny you ask like all the drive to Kansas City or the ride of it with our friends from WCIA like man I just have this like vision of hand, like we're on the side nice when training camp was open which was awesome shout out to Levy for that um yes sir and you see Devin Witherspoon he, he's late to camp so everyone's gone through like the acclimation period so they can have full pads but he can't so you see this like exceptionally skinny kid on the sideline and a helmet that looked like four times too big for him because he was so skinny and then <laughs> you just kind of watch that development you see the tackle against Wisconsin his freshman year that oh, saved wow. a touchdown and yep. and ultimately forced Wisconsin into a field goal that allowed Illinois to eventually circle around and win that game and then you see him take some of these starter jobs and just get more and more snaps but even through the season this year like it was like okay this guy's really good like that that much is clear but I remember uh, Walter Football had a uh, a mock draft early, probably midway through the season. They had him in the first round, like high up there. And I'm like, this, this. And they is were not, the only ones that had him. They were the, the first only round. ones. Like, shout yep. out to them because, like, anyone else kind of looked like I don't. What? Like that seems, and and also like that's not really in our frame of mind. It, like covering Illinois, if you're a fan of Illinois, like you don't know to look for those things because <laughs> it just doesn't really happen. It hadn't happened since since Simeon Rice and Kevin Hardy, but when the tape came out and as this thing moved and moved and people started to get eyes on it, the tape jumped out. Like people, Oh, is he big enough? Well, he's not the biggest guy. Is he fast mm -hmm. enough? He's not Christian Gonzalez, mm -hmm. but like the tape, the, the tape just told the whole story. And, and I think as that happened, you saw, as we saw, and I know we'll get into Quan Martin moving up, Sidney Brown moving up like that That's secondary uh, in Kansas city, they, they had availability with Joel Klatt, um, Joel Klatt, Daniel, Daniel Jeremiah, and Clatt told me, uh, we were talking about the secondary, and he said, outside of the quarterbacks, which is obviously everybody's most favorite, or everybody's favorite film to watch, and Dijon Robinson, who is so good. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy how good he is. Because the Illinois secondary was my favorite film to watch. Like, that's a recruiting pitch for Brett Beal, and it's a testament to how far that group has come. That's right. Because in 2019, 2020, they were getting torched by everybody who found them. Uh, then they turned it around, and Devin Witherspoon, huge part of that. It was really cool to see his his rise and him getting that like even everyone thought it was going to be the lions at six yeah like i think that was kind of like the prevailing thought and then they traded jeff Akuda. it's like oh it's really really the lions at six and like come on that's nothing to like shake your head at i guess it's a hell of a pick like it's a really good but then like top five just like has a different ring to it and like there's nothing it sounds different the six right overall pick like being the single overall pick is awesome but top five like that, that's a good pitch for him and man what a story for that kid. Think uh, you look at it like the contracts and salary slots they have. He's going to get like a $20 million bonus uh, on top of like his contract. That's good for that kid. He worked his butt off and mm -hmm. all season. He was just universally praised by the coaches for the way he studied, the way he worked, the way he led. And I think people saw him and I understand like they see a trash talker. He was, but it made him who he is. Like yeah. there's, there's a lot of depth to that kid, man. And, and he really delivered. And what, what an awesome story for him. And I like, too, just, like, the fact that he just plays, like, on the edge, right? I mean, he gets penalized a little bit just because he gets a little chirpy out there. But I think as a DB, you've got to have a little bit of that, especially going to the next level. And and you remember this, Joey, in the press conference, because these guys don't cover a line like you and I do. They're asking him, like, who does he look for at the cover? And he was like, everybody. That's I mean, been his just, answer since the uh, combine. I know you were at the combine. Yeah. <laughs> That's just who he is, man. Like, the Look, not, I don't want to go too behind the curtain on, on media and, and covering, but that post-draft selection was a – have you talked to Richard Sherman? No. Do you want to? Yeah, it's Richard Sherman. Who in their right mind is going to stand up and be like, no, nah, not me. I don't, right. don't want to chat with him. <laughs> but, like, who's going to be the number one corner 
you or, or Tariq Woolen? What's he supposed to say? Oh, it's money. Right. What, what are you kidding me? Of course he's going to say, we'll let it figure out. Like, right. what a bad way to walk into Seattle, basically telling Woolen, like, hey, buddy, I'm coming for it. Like, move yeah, it or lose it. Go ahead and move over. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's just so much more on the table there. And, like, I get it. Like, we cover Illinois. So, like, we have an angle. We're going in. Like, we're trying to get the reaction of somebody being a top five pick. Right. Because that's what our job is to do. And people who have followed Illinois, like, I get it. If you're in Seattle, you don't. You could name Devin Witherspoon and literally zero other Illinois football players. And you probably could only name Devin Witherspoon after, like, 7.30 on Thursday night. Right. So, like, I get all of that. But, man, some of those questions were just. They were brutal. Just awful. Like, do you like the rain? <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure no one loves it, but he's from Florida. I mean, what, what are we doing here? <laughs> no, you're right. And, and I mean, Joey, on this show, you can speak very freely. It doesn't even matter. But I think one of the things that I just took away from that was if I ever get critical of myself in a question or article that I write, I just have to remember that draft room because I'm like, these guys were fucking clowns. It's okay to be critical. <laughs> like, being critical let, helps us grow and, like, I did walk out thinking, like, man, even when you bungle a question, like, and, and do that happens. Like, that happens to yep. anybody who asks questions. Yep. Well, at least you didn't ask somebody if they like the rain. I, <laughs> I don't know, man. It was, what a cool moment for him. And, and everybody kind of got their their content when he watched Jackson Smith and Jigba get picked yep. uh, there in the they're in the room. It, what a cool time for him. And, and now Brett Bielma, Aaron Henry, this coaching staff has to go out on the trail and they've got a top five pick and three picks in the top 66 to sell the potential recruits. And I mean, you talked about the secondary. I mean, that's DBU. I don't I don't care what anyone has to say. When you have Devin, you have Quan Martin, you have Sidney Brown. And, and let's just talk about Quan Martin here for a second, right? You look at his game, one of the more versatile players on that defense, and unheralded. And look at what he did this offseason to propel himself into a second-round pick in the NFL draft. I mean, enough can't be said about the work that he put in. Dude, he, he, he and Sidney Brown were in that – they were the freshmen the first year I got on the beat in 2018. Um, the team wasn't very good. Uh, obviously, I think you can say that all the way up until 2019. They were fine. But he didn't really have a spot. Like, it was like they tried him at outside corner. They tried him at free safety. Uh, he, he really found a home there in that nickel spot at Illinois. And I remember even last spring ball, last training camp, Remember, Kirby Joseph obviously goes in the third round, so there's, a, there's an opening of free safety. And it's like, okay, who who is this going to be here? Because Kendall Smith was in the portal and hadn't really played. Obviously, he takes a job and had a really good year. But they kept saying, hey, Quan can be that guy. He's versatile. He, he understands. He's very smart. He's very sound. And he did play some free safety uh, this mm -hmm. year when, when they took out the nickel and just went with two safeties back there. But that versatility took him a long way. I expect he'll be in the slot. Yeah. Uh, in, in Washington, but he, it wasn't always, and Sidney Brown's the same way, man. It wasn't always smooth sailing for those guys. Like, I think it's what people who don't follow it as closely just assume, like, oh, if you're drafted in the top 66 or whatever, like, boy, you've just been on this path, this fast track. And like, that wasn't the case. Like, this was not like the most linear growth uh, for Sidney Brown and for Quan Martin. They both had a fair share of interceptions as true freshmen. Uh, but then it was up and down. Like, it wasn't always pretty. Um, and, and the defense struggled, not just because of them, but they were part of a defense that wasn't very good. Yeah. Uh, then they, they found their their right calling there, and, and Ryan Walters and Aaron Henry, Brett Bielma, they deserve a lot of credit. I know people are hesitant to give Ryan Walters yep. uh, credit <laughs> because he's recruiting. He should use it, man. Like, he helped those guys. He, he was, was a part safe. of it. Absolutely. Like, if yeah. Sidney Brown will rave about him. Like, I don't 
I get it. He, he left Illinois and, and he's at Purdue of all places and everyone's rah rah. And I like fans are fans. That's not a I, I get it, man. But like that guy had a really big impact on on finding the spot for those guys, helping them coach them up, and, and, and really along with Aaron Henry, filling that confidence into them to go out there and do that. I mean, so when you think about it, right? So as you mentioned, I mean, you have all these guys to go in the in the first three rounds of the draft. Think about that story that Brett can tell for his program, because let's be honest. People weren't looking at Illini football as a place where you're going to get four guys getting drafted. Like, how do you think that Brett and staff are going to be able to tell that story going forward? I mean, just seeing uh, Aaron out there with Quan, right? Seeing Brett with with uh, with Chase, right? Seeing them, you know, with with uh, with Devin. I mean, that's 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 huge for recruits to be able to see that. It is. I would assume there were some FaceTimes and some pictures from the green room in Kansas City. Uh, if you'll note on Twitter. Aaron Henry has quickly made his profile picture, him, Brett Bielma, Tankwright, and Devin Witherspoon in the green room. You should. You yes. should. That, there, there's graphics that are going to, I mean, they're, they're going to funnel out as many graphics as they can over the course of, of time to, to keep emphasizing that. And I think another point we have to acknowledge, all three of those guys, obviously Sidney Brown uh, from Canada, but he played his high school ball in Florida. All three of those guys, like, Illinois has shown they, they enjoy recruiting the state of Florida for cornerbacks and defensive backs. So now you you can further on with that. And there's talent there. Like, yeah. that's not – I don't want anyone to hear that and think, oh, they're not recruiting Illinois. They're recruiting Illinois. But, like, right. Florida produces good defensive backs. Illinois had success with them. And now you have guys who, you know, you you everyone knows someone from somewhere, right? So so now you have those three pitches and that you can kind of put out there and say, hey, we helped get these guys here got to maximize it and like someone asked me the other day what, what's it look like I don't know every like if they get a top 700 kid someone's gonna say that's you know whatever like I, I get it like it's just you at this point with these guys you either trust their evaluations or you don't like and I'm not saying like how dare anyone question uh, the coaching staff it's totally fair to but I think there's enough body of work at this point it's like if they turn three draft picks in and they get their guys with their guys are like top 800 or top 700 in the, in the rankings. I don't think that necessarily means that some sort of catastrophic, like, oh my God, they didn't get the number one. Like, that's not how it yeah. goes. Like, if you trust their evaluations, then you go with it. And I think right now, especially a defensive back, like, they have given more than enough reason to trust their evaluations. Look at Matthew Bailey from last season. He's going to be a starter this year. So 100%. Like, they get some benefit of the doubt here. And that was, he, he took the words right out of my mouth because I was just, I was going to say one thing you talked about, Quan. Uh, Sydney, Chase, Devin. These are all under-recruited guys that came here and made a name for themselves. They're, so you have to trust not only your your analysis of the player, but then the fact that they showed that they could develop these guys. I think yeah. that's the biggest thing. Even Kirby last year, right? Like this, and, and Lovey gets a lot of credit for for finding those guys with Power Five with NFL traits. Uh, like Lovey got all those guys in the building at Illinois when Johnny yep. Newton gets drafted next year. I remember that commit. It was a big win for Lovey. Like he gets a ton of credit for getting those guys. And now Brett came in. Brett will tell you that. Brett talked with Jeremy Werner and he said, Hey, credit to Lovey. Like he got these guys in the door and, and then they helped develop them and, and with the work ethic of those guys and, and take it over the top into draft picks. So it was kind of a group effort there to to get those guys. But like you mentioned Kirby, he was a wide receiver one day, he was a running, he was a defensive back, like he found his found his calling and made a heck of a lot of money and made a career out of doing it. So cr credit to, to all of them, then the players, like all those three entities, Brett, Lovey, those staffs and the play, like, they get credit for, for making this happen. It's not, I know still sometimes even if you bring up Lovey and it's like, oh, like Lovey yeah. had his recruiting issues. There's no doubt. Like, right. I mean, that's all pretty well documented, but 
He also found guys with traits and, and NFL quality traits and power five traits. And, and now those they've developed into starters to all, all big 10 and into draft picks. And he helped the Chicago bears get the number one draft pick. So uh, Lovey Smith is the godfather on this show. I, uh, Hundred percent respect. You know, they might have like a Houston, or I'm sorry, Arizona might end up sending like a lovey appreciation day because they ended up just rolling Houston for everything it was worth to get that pick. They like Arizona up. might have two number one, one and two next year. And yep. like, if Houston has one, that's not the case, obviously, because they Lovey Smith making things go for Chicago and Arizona, man. Man, the gift that keeps on giving, I'll tell you. <laughs> but, okay, so that's a good point, Joey, because Joey was in the draft room with me. When that trade happened with Arizona, man, I was like, holy shit, Arizona has just changed the whole landscape of this draft with that one move. Because at that point, I was like, okay, what does this mean for Jalen Carter? Because I told you, Joey, at that time, I was like, I'm hoping that Jalen Carter is the Bears guy. It didn't quite happen that way, but – when Arizona made that trade, I think they kind of changed the, the landscape of the draft because there was a minute there where people thought the quarterbacks were going to slide a little bit, but we see that that didn't happen. Yeah, I wonder what would have happened if if Houston or if Arizona kept that pick. I, I don't know, man. Like that, that changed that top half, which I think also ultimately kind of hurt Detroit. Like when when Witherspoon was off the board, Detroit was like, "We're out of here. Like, yeah. oh, we, we got to go find somewhere else to do." Here. <laughs> um, and like you you wonder, and I, it's interesting. Joel Clad again on uh, Wednesday before the draft said five was an interesting pick because that'll tell you what a lot of teams think of Jalen Carter. Yes, uh, if you, you take him there, you feel comfortable with everything. And obviously, Seattle went to to Devin Witherspoon and made that pick. So yeah, that. Those two right there, three and five, were very interesting because the Colts were taking a quarterback come hell or high water, right? Like that—that yep. that was absolutely happening. Yeah, uh, and I really like the guy they got. We'll we'll see how that plays out, but yeah, man, that that was a that was a shakeup, dude. Yeah, because to your point, right when you were when you were at five, and I would even say six, those were two potential places where I thought Jalen Carter could go. So when, like I said, when Devin went five, and then we see what the Lions did, I'm like, okay, so neither of these teams are in on Jalen Carter. That means he's dropping to nine. And then when the Bears make their trade, then I'm like, well, what the fuck? Now we're just going to gift wrap <laughs> Jalen Carter to the Eagles as if they need any more help? <laughs> so, Man, the Eagles. Find you somebody who loves you like the Eagles loves Georgia defenders. Holy right? crap. Shit. That's like Georgia East over there. <laughs> crazy. Crazy. <laughs> so we haven't talked about the the Brown brothers. Uh, Jeremy, he was out in, in, in Canada, I saw with them taking part in that special moment with them. Can you just talk to us and our audience just about some of your favorite, I guess, moments of covering the Brown brothers there in, in Champaign? Yeah, you just saw him grow up, man. Like Sydney, we talked about it. he struggled uh, at times. He, he just looked kind of lost, kind of kind of tense early in his career. Like he, he was more scared of, of messing up than, than making a play. And you just kind of saw a, a guy come into his own, man. Like, by the end of his career, the 21-22 seasons, he spoke with confidence. He walked with confidence. He moved with confidence. Like, Ryan Walters did a really good job of, of instilling that. So, like, that was my favorite part with him was, like, seeing a guy who, as a freshman or sophomore, was like, I'm sorry, what, could you repeat the question? Like, I uh, kind of just, like, you could just tell he was kind of all over. And then by his, his senior and junior, senior, super senior, COVID senior, whatever the heck you want to call it, year, he was just this, like, matter-of-fact, like, very – he's an awesome quote, yeah. awesome quote, one of the better quotes on the team uh, last year, which means nothing to anybody who doesn't talk to these guys uh, for stories and, and stuff and needs <laughs> some insight. 
Uh, but, 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 we, hey, but we but we need that shit. So. We do. And, like, <laughs> and he delivered it with such confidence. He was so, like, just to see that part of him growing up. And and then, obviously, on the football field, he rocked people. I mean, absolutely rocked people. Like, I, I go back to a hit against Purdue. Uh, oh, boy, I cannot. It wasn't Payne Durham, their tight end, but it was a tight end. He just smoked him. And I think knocked his helmet off. You know, people are like, oh, wow, like, this guy. And then the hair, like, he kind of had the whole physical makeup of somebody who, like, He's really fun to watch, and he was because by the end of his career, he knew how to toy with quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. And like that was the thing he did so well, and I think Minnesota in particular comes to mind. He just messed with them, and he, he knew the defense so well. He would disguise and he would fake, and you yep. didn't know what he was going to do. And he had not quite like Cart Bosch to do whatever he wanted back there, but like, but they gave him a lot of space to do yep. Sidney Brown things back there, and, and he maximized it. And then Chase. He goes to Western Michigan, coming out of high school. Uh, good freshman year for a freshman running back, right? I mean, he's fine. Ended up at Illinois. Had to got a late addition in that 2019 year to play. Ended up redshirting. Uh, then to see him, really, it wasn't even the 2020 year. Uh, I mean, Epstein was in that mix, but it wasn't Chase Brown. Like Chase Brown no, was wasn't. part of it, 100. Yeah. percent He was part of it. Uh, and he had, I think, four or 500 yards. And, and, like, you could see it where you're like, oh, man, okay, this guy. that's There's something here. And then Bielema comes in, and they kind of re reimagine what they do offensively, and obviously twice with the, the coordinator change going to 22. And then it's like all of a sudden you wake up, and this guy is one of the best running backs in the Big Ten, and he's a Doak Walker finalist, and he's just 100 yards after 100 yards after 100 yards. Like, Wow. This like you saw it in flashes, and then it hit really, really fast, and it never he never looked back. Yeah, because like you said, when it hit, man, it hit. And they rode him as far as they could ride him too. They did, and, and probably sometimes to their detriment. In, in the red zone, like there's a natural feeling. I would assume if you're Barry Lunny to say Doak Walker finalist, like he's our guy. We've got to get him the ball, but everybody knew that. So like. That's what's bigger picture. I'm fascinated what it looks like next year uh, when you have more of a by committee. And I'm not saying like, I, I don't know that Barry Lunny ever did that, but like it, there's a human instinct to say, best guy, you got to get him the ball. And they could have probably done it in other ways. But man, he didn't really like, wasn't the fastest running back that El- that's ever come through Illinois. He wasn't the most powerful. But when he got his foot in the ground and cut, he could make guys miss. And yep. now, was it always a house call? No, because he doesn't, like, there's that speed that's, but it was 20 yards, 30 yards, and and just could change the feeling of a drive really, really quickly. That's what I, I think was what stood out to me the most about him was just his ability to plant and go. And, and he had to trust himself, and he had to run more patiently. He was not very patient early on in his career. And when he found that and let that develop, he really found himself. I mean, and it didn't help that he had those hogs in front of him as well. I mean, cool. I mean we and, and we saw a lot of those guys get picked up in the league. So who? I, I mean, when you look at that offensive line, I mean, who was the guy on that offensive line to you that was just like, hey, that was the guy, that was the key, the catalyst. I mean, Alex Palczewski gets a lot of credit because he. I mean, the dude was there forever. He he had his best season uh, last year, and you didn't know what it was going to be for him coming off that injury. Right. But that left side, man, and it's back. It's Julian Pearl. It's Isaiah Adams. Isaiah Adams, sneaky, is going to give a a run for the money to be up there for the highest pick in next year's draft. Like, getting him back was a really, really big deal. They think he's got all-conference, all-American ability at at left guard. They don't want to move him. Like, they need a right tackle, and they don't want to move him. 
And I think that is really telling. And, and I think also, obviously, Josh Kesky's coming into his own at right tackle. But Isaiah Adams is a mean dude. He's a powerful dude. So he gets a lot of that. They're like Alex Palczewski loved that thing because that's what Alex Palczewski does. But Isaiah Adams, like, I'm already looking forward to a year from now, looking at how many times Illinois Rand left yeah. uh, next season because that left side is pretty dang good. It's pretty good. Yeah, so, I mean, okay, I, I want, I'm just curious now that we got into it. Man, what do you think we're going to do a running back? Man, I mean, when I look at that running back room, I'm like, dude, they, not only do they have a lot of bodies in there, but they're huge. They're big. They're, they're a big back yeah. room. I think a lot of people have probably, and I get it, like it's natural. Like Josh McCray missed most of last season with, with an injury here or there. This dude was really good as a freshman. And now he's had more time in the system, more time in the weight room. Like I understand that he, like it's hard to put a lot on him because he, he just wasn't available, excuse me, at times last year. But man, I, I think they're excited about what he's able to do and what he could look like. And I think he and Reggie Love, Reggie Love was probably, he was really consistent. He had some big runs. Excuse me. He was very consistent, though, last season. Uh, I, I think that's going to be the one-two punch. And then who comes in at three? Like, is that Jordan Anderson, just another uh, JCA kid who, big, but he's got wiggle, and, and he's got good hands? I uh, was in Aiden Lawfrey, who has Ooh. battled injuries himself, but, the, the, like, he has speed that that running back room does not have. That's right. Uh, I don't think Caden – I know there's a lot of excitement about Caden Fagan. who's was a four-star. Uh, this is a really big win, I, and I know they're they're thrilled about his long-term, uh, what he can be. But I, I don't think they need him to be that today. Uh, no. I think they can let him come into his own. So you look at Josh McCray and Reggie Love will probably be the one-two. And it'll be different than last year. Like, last year, Chase Brown had – more than 300 carries, and it was a very steep cliff to the next back. I think that's going to be a much smaller uh, gap between one and two in terms of carries. Uh, and it's been how Brett Bielman has done things his whole career. If you go back to his Wisconsin teams, pick I mean, pick a year, they had two or three backs doing those things. And then who, who's third? Is it Lawfrey? Is it Anderson? Uh, Anderson maybe makes a little more sense to me, but we didn't see much in the spring. Right, exactly. And then, we, okay, so we talked about the running back room. Quarterback, <laughs> to the point you were, we were joking off off air about who's going to be the quarterback. I mean, I think we all know who's the number one guy. Man, if you I mean, don't know, I don't know how to help you. Yeah, it's right. It's going to be Luke Altmaier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> unless he gets hurt or he just goes into training camp and throws everything into the ground for a week and a half straight, like, it's going to be the guy. And I don't think it's going to – I don't know that it's going to be – at, like Tommy DeVito felt very smooth coming in there. Like th this guy had more than a thousand snaps. Like he had played a lot of college football and he just, he just picked it up and went man. And, and he made, made the throws he had to make. He wasn't perfect, but he, he just, it just kind of felt like he just went and he didn't look back. Altmaier is going to have a little bit, probably more of a growing curve. He doesn't have the snaps. It's less than I think a hundred career right. snaps in college football, but he's got talent and, and he's a talented kid. He's a four-star kid for a reason. Uh, you don't go to Ole Miss with with Lane if you can't if you can't be a good quarterback. Lane Lane's good with quarterbacks, so I, I just don't know. I think the talent's there, like I I really do, but I don't know that it's going to be as seamless and as quick as like Tommy DeVito came in and just went 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 went. But Altmaier's got a lot around. I, I know they're excited about the three receivers they bring back and the offensive line, and and they're confident in their ability to run, which should help kind of not put everything on his shoulders early. And he's going to make mistakes. Like, DeVito had a, a very, like, a comically low amount of interceptions last year. And, and Altmaier is probably going to have more. 
Like, it's just yeah. what it's going to be. But he's also got three years. Like, he's your option right now to maybe get off this quarterback carousel yeah. uh, in, in the offseason. And, and then, you know, we'll see Donovan Leary. I know he had a good spring, and they're excited about him. But Altmaier's the guy. Uh, I mean, Brett Bielman's not going to say it until August. I will be stunned if it's anybody else. <laughs> well, and receiver. So is this going to be the year that Pat Bryan shows us all that yeah. uh, that that potential? I think I think they need him to because I don't think they have a guy who can stretch the field vertically um, like he can. And we saw the the open scrimmage; he can really track the ball in the air. He's a big guy. Like Isaiah Williams is, I, I don't know, maybe he's faster than Bryant, but he's got a smaller catch radius because he's five inches shorter, however, however much shorter he is. So I think they need Bryant to come into his own there because I, I mean Isaiah Williams is going to get a lot of touches. Yeah. Chase for what Chase Brown was a year ago in terms of production and usage and building thing like that's Isaiah this year, uh, but I think they need Pat Bryan. We'll see what Casey Washington like. He's a he's got really good hands, like exceptionally good hands. He has since the second he walked onto campus, uh, but he, he just doesn't have that breakaway speed. He's not. You know, there's a lot that he's not. We're seeing them active a little bit in the transfer portal I, I, because I think there's a fall off from the top three. Uh, of Isaiah Williams, Pat Bryant, Casey Washington, then just a lot of youth. There's yep. an Ian Pugh and Ashton Hollins. Like, I think they're good in the slot with, with Beatty and Sean Miller. Or, I'm sorry, with Hank Beatty and Kenari Wilcher. But then on the outside, like, what what, what depth do you have out there? And, and I think it's – obviously, I know you guys are in Chicago. Um, like, it, if they don't add anyone, and maybe if they do, I don't know. But, like, there's a window there for a certain four-star to come in Let's and go. make an impact. Like, and look, I, I want to temper that because I don't think this is going to be like the second or third leading receiver on Illinois. But like, I think there's a window because he's physically gifted and, and because he he looks like he's built like a guy who can go in and hold his own. He's just he's not a complete player. No. Like, there, there's a strength program. All that's got to happen. Yeah. But I think he's built the the, the way the roster is built, barring any additions. Like. You could see him get a chance to be in that rotation. What does that look like statistically? I don't know. Like temper any like that because we just have He's not even on campus. But like no. the windows there, and I think that's what I'm really enamored with. I got to see a lot of his games, and with his and I don't want to take shots at his quarterback play, but he made plays despite a lot of things going against him there at Simeon. Yeah, he's those dude. That was such a big win for Illinois. George McDonald, Terrence Jamison. They worked their butts off to, to get that. And credit to Illinois for winning and making it a destination where you can go get a guy like Malik Elzey. And hopefully, if you're Illinois, that has long-term ramifications where other top players in the city or around the city can see somebody who said, hey, I, I made this jump and, like, make it okay to do or make it cool to do because, I mean, come on, Illinois has been lacking on trying to get some of that premier talent uh, in, in Chicago, around Chicago, in the suburbs, uh, the Catholic League and, and getting him well, well, that was a big one. So we'll see. We'll see what it looks like. I, I don't want anyone to hear this like pencil him in number like Bolitnikov winner. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Slow year one. Like slow down a little bit. Pump the brakes, huh? <laughs> I just think there's a there's, there's an opportunity for him to find his way into that rotation. That's like you just need that opportunity as a freshman to find that window. And I think it could exist for him. Yes, sir. Well, hey Joy, before we get you, get you out of here, man, you mentioned a lot of names on the current team. Who do you think is going to be that next person up that's going to potentially find themselves in a Devin Weatherspoon slash Quan Martin type of mode as far as being the next guy to get drafted high? I think um, Isaiah Adams is that guy. I, I, I think he probably a little overlooked because offensive linemen are, are 
overlooked um, a lot, but he, dude, he's really good. He, he's really, really good. And Johnny Newton, like the, the conversation probably should start with Johnny Newton because getting him back was a big win. Does he have the ideal length? No. Uh, I mean, that's, uh, I think if you're building a, a lab defensive lineman, you probably want him a little longer or whatever, but dude, he's a wrecking machine. Yeah, he, he is. Really, really, really good. So th those two are like the two where you would go in and say, those are probably going to be the highest draft picks in 24 uh, from Illinois. How high? I don't know. Uh, but but those two are are those guys. I think uh, if you look at like uh, the way that Quan Martin or Sidney Brown like rose up the ranks, I think Keith Randolph is that guy mm. because he has that size and that he, he just statistically was very impressive. But obviously Johnny Newton got a lot of that attention. Keith Randolph's got the size, got the athleticism. And remember, he only played football from his junior year, I think, of football right. or sophomore year on. Uh, so he he's starting to pick it up more. But he's a guy who could be that when they turn on the film in February type guy that you see his name move up and up as you did Quan. Yep. You you know how this goes. I mean, when these scouts come to look at one guy, right? If someone else flashes, they're on their radar as well, right? I mean, yeah. at that Northwestern game, we were all covering Sidney Brown, those three picks. I mean <laughs> Well, you know, and NFL scouts said they wanted to see him as more of a, a playmaker back there, not necessarily an in-the-box. So Illinois kind of put him in a position to be more of that, and you saw those interceptions come up. And to your point, I remember Ryan Walters last year said, scouts come in here and see Gabe Ackes, and they're like, ah, yeah, all right, what, what do we have going on here? And he said, hang tight, you still got a couple years on him. I'm I'm fascinated to see his development this year moving forward because physically, I mean, he, he's unbelievably impressive. Unbelievably yeah. impressive physically. He he had such a good freshman year. You get, if you're Illinois, the good news is he can't go to the draft next year. That's right. That's right. You've got to hold <laughs> off till 25. So he, he would be that guy in 25 that you kind of circle like, what's going on with him? But that yeah, 24 feels like Adams and um and Newton. All right. Well, hey, Joey, man, thank you so much for coming on the show with us. Before you get out of here, can you tell our audience how they can find you on Twitter and also connect with the Illini Acquire? Yeah, for sure. I'm uh, at Mr. Wagner, M-R-W-A-G-N-E-R-2-5 -E on Twitter. And then Illini Acquire, you just Google Illini Acquire. It'll take you at 247sports.com slash college slash Illinois. You can type in Illini Acquire. It's all the same. Really proud of the work we do, man. I think we cover a lot of stuff. We cover it thoroughly, fairly. Uh, really happy to be a part of it, and and hopefully people people enjoy it. Hey, they're the goods. That's why you were on the show today, man. We appreciate you. Thank you so much, and I'm sure I'm gonna see you soon. Yes, sir. Hey, appreciate you, man. Thank you for everything. Good to see you in Kansas City, and keep kicking ass. It is so awesome to see you everywhere. Every time I look up, you're there. Appreciate you, brother. Appreciate enjoy you your guys. time off. Later, man. Later. Well, hey, dumb man. That that was that was really dope. This media space, man, that you and I are are venturing into. It's not easy work. It's not glamorous work, bro. It's hard work. Right. But, bro, I embrace that grind. I love that grind. And, and being able to, you know, find guys like this that respect the hustle that we have, man, it means a lot. Yeah, it does, man. And Joey definitely respects what we do, how we do things. He gave you a lot of props. Pretty much stated that you're everywhere. And I'll tell you, Joey did not lie. You are <laughs> everywhere, bro. <laughs> so salute to Joey for recognizing that, man. But to the, your point, though, he respects the craft, man. And to you, what you're saying there about the grind, man, it is hard work. You and I are at this thing every day, constantly. And to your point, man, when you were talking to Joy, we have not had a lot of time to take off. It's no. just been straight grinding.
Look at us now, right? I just got back from KC and what I do the next day. I'm at Chicago Sky Training Camp, bro. <laughs> it it yep. don't stop. Don't stop at all, man. You go from one thing to the next, bro. And then for you, you on the AAU side of the house, you know what I'm saying? Covering MLS. So it's just, it's one of those things that I, I tell people when they're like, man, like, do you guys ever get tired of being on the go? I'm like, man, no. When you when you find something that you love, it don't feel like work. It really doesn't, man. I have a lot of fun, friends, with this. And, that, and that's what it really comes down to. So A-Dub, dope that we had Joey on to give his, his viewpoint from the Illini side. We're going to get on over here on the other side, and we're going to give you guys our breakdown of the 2020. Now, Bears fans, we're going to give you guys our breakdown of the 2023 Bears draft class. And I'm going to just kick this over to A-Dub because I feel like A-Dub didn't get a lot of airtime during that last segment. So, <laughs> A-Dub, I would like for you to give us a high-level overview of just your thoughts about Ryan Poles and his performance here in this 2023 draft. Friends, I wasn't worried. You and Joey did a phenomenal job, bro. I want to say that first. <laughs> <laughs> but how my man Ryan Poles did, Friends, he did phenomenal. And here's why I say phenomenal, because he addressed – needs right you and I talk a lot about what this team need to move forward right Ryan Poles went in the lab he made very good draft picks regarding what you and I've been talking about all year long Perez we need to get better at the online we need to get better in the secondary we need to get better in the trenches these are key words that you and I've been talking a lot about and guess what Ryan Poles has been on board with that the entire time so he actually drafted that way and wants to address things that he think will definitely help this team move forward to the next level. And I think, too, A-Dub, one of the things to, to keep in mind, and you and I have talked about this on a couple of occasions, we knew that Ryan Poles was not going to be able to hit everything on his list in one draft, right? Because right. there's a lot of fans that are kind of picking at the draft and saying, well, we didn't address Ed Russell. True, we did. But you don't know what moves – are next, right? There's a lot of pass rushers that I'm looking out here that, that may become available or that are available, so you never know what he has up his sleeve as far as a potential move. However, when you look at what he did with Darnell Wright, I thought that was a great draft pick. What you look at what he did with a Tyreek Stevenson, A-Dub, I love that pick. We, You and I, we talked about that from day two. But I look at a guy like Roshan Johnson, another solid pick, a guy that sat behind Bijan Robinson, bro. Yeah. Now, Bijan, the fact that he went number nine in the league where they undervalue running backs, and my man went top 10, that show you how bad he is. He a bad boy. <laughs> Definitely a bad boy. And kudos to him, man. It's good to show that running backs are in season, baby. But to my point, though, A-Dub is a guy like Johnson who could have went anywhere. He could have ducked the smoke. He could have been like, you know what? I want to be that guy. Uh, I don't want to be a Bijan's status. I want, right. I want my own spot because you know how people are doing it right now, jumping in the port. I don't want to get too far into that. But, audience, you guys see what happens out here. Roshan stayed in Texas, had a minimal role, but when he got out there on the field, he produced. And the one thing that I like about his game is the guy in pass protection, he a stonewall. And that's a component that we don't have in our running back room because Khalil Herbert, that's an area that you and I talked about last season, A-Dub. Yep. He has to improve there. That's an area that Dante Foreman, he don't have in this game. So you got a rookie that's coming in here. It's probably a better pass protector than both of them coming in the door. Absolutely. I think he's going to be a huge depth piece. And guess what? Tristan Ebner, bro, the clock's ticking. You better get ready for that practice squad. <laughs> but 
The thing I want to elaborate on you, you talk about Johnson, Prince, is that this guy is someone that could be your third running back, but also when it comes to third down, you know, because of his pass protection, right? What he provide in that area, man. That is huge, man. And you know, you and I talked about my boy Khalil Herbert. I love Khalil Herbert Perez. But one thing you will not talk heavily about is protecting Justin Fields. If our star running backs can't do it, hey, we got a kid like him who's willing to come in and do the job. So that part of the game, man, is something that's just desperately needed on this team for sure. We've talked about it so many times. But the biggest winner, we can talk about the draft picks all we want to, but the biggest winner I thought in this draft was Justin Fields himself because yeah. they got him a right tackle. <laughs> the offensive line solidified. The nope. offensive line is solidified. You have another depth piece that you added to the running back room. You got him a receiver there in Scott from Cincinnati who Ooh. was a burner. He Ooh. is a burner. And I know A-Dub don't want to hear this. I know. Don't don't go there, Press. I know where you're going with this, But man. I'm just trying to tell you, A-Dub, <laughs> that if your boy Money Moon don't get his mind right, they got his replacement coming in the door. Press, I've been thinking about that ever since the Bears drafted him. <laughs> I say, my boy Money Moon, you got company, man. Big-time company because Tyler Scott is a big-time playmaker, man. And that speed, Press. You can't teach that, man. I mean, no, he do. No. Uh-uh. Speed kills, baby. Speed kills. Exactly. And I love this type of player on this team, Perez, because you're right. We don't have enough at the slot anyhow. I mean, you got Money Moon. That's the best that we got right now. But, man, you talk about opportunity. Tyler Scott have a golden opportunity with the Chicago Bears, bro. Big one. Another thing. He averages 44 – well, he averaged 44.6 yards per touchdown catch. You 44.6, audience. Just think about that. How nice would that look in a Bears uniform with Justin Fields throwing bombs? The guy runs a 4-3-40. God damn, that was such a good pick. And I, I tell you one thing, A-Dub, I didn't think he was going to be there in the round that Ryan Pace got him. Right. Sheesh. He's left on the table. Hey, look, Ryan Pohl said, hey, look, we can use this kid right here on this team here. And we know Justin Fields love to throw a deep ball, man. Tyler Scott, look, man, <laughs> you're going to have a good time. You get a chance to work with Justin Fields, man. You're going to love it. Now, what was your thoughts, A-Dub, on the fact that they didn't draft the center? Because a lot of people wanted John Michael Schmitz, right? I mean, that was the thing that Bears Twitter was talking about. But right now, you got Lucas Patrick and Cody White here holding down that center spot. The jury stood out on Lucas Patrick Perez. Remember, we made investment in the guy, right? He's been injured most of the time. And I, I really want to see what he can really bring, you know, to the table. So I do want to see this guy get another opportunity, another crack at it. But I do want to see what those two dudes can do. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Not only did Poles ignore the center position, but he also didn't draft a guard. But And when he spoke to the media, he basically said, for right now, he said, I'm good with Cody and Lucas. But he said, for now, keywords. Right. <laughs> you know, Ryan Post quick going look, I'm going a different direction. We're going to find somebody that can come in and get the job done. That's going to shape up to be one of those really big time training camp battles between those two. If Ryan Poles doesn't pull some sort of a surprise signing, because, you know, he always <laughs> cooking. Hey, he always cooking, bro. Hey, look, Ryan Poles and come out, look at him on you, you know, through uh, OTAs and see what you're doing. And if you don't like what he see, he'll go sign somebody else and bring them indoor and let them do their thing. I have to say this now. We kind of teased it a second ago when it comes to Money Moon. Yeah. I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on that now. Guy's coming off of a broken ankle. He's coming off of a season that 
didn't really go the way that we thought it was going to go for money, right? Right. So, A-Dub, I have to ask you. <laughs> if you could just, like, look into the crystal ball in front of you, is Darnell Mooney getting extended, or do you see him walking in free agency next offseason? It really depends on how he performs, Perez. We want to get a good look at the guy, what he can bring to the table. If he and DJ Moore can get along very well, he can show that, hey, he can be another weapon as a number two or three on this Bears roster press, he may get extended. The Bears could very well move on from my boy Money Moon. And another key thing to think about here, too. Now, I'm over here hyping up Scott, but he is still a rookie, right? And yep. there's a lot about the game that he's going to have to learn. Darnell Mooney's seen it all. So I'm not pushing Darnell Mooney out the door. I'm just telling you, I like when you bring in competition because competition, bro, it breeds the best out of people. Now, we talked about the center position, but there's so much competition on this offense at the running back room. Who's going to be the guy? Is it going to be Herbert? Is it going to be Foreman? Johnson's definitely going to push these guys. You don't know who's going to step out. But to your point, this is what this team loved the most, competition. You got to earn your spot and earn your way. So it's going to be some heavy battles going on here fighting for that role. And I, you remember when we signed Dante Foreman, and I was really excited. That was one of the picks, that, one of the free agent signers that I was most excited about. And I look at it now, and I'm like, shit, man. Which way <laughs> is this going to go? Because when you drafted Johnson, it kind of like made you think like, well, he's going to be taking some reps away from Foreman, potentially. And that's what it come down to. So that means you're really going to have to stand out, man. You got to really get the eyes of the coaching staff. Really step your game up because if you don't, missed opportunity, bro. Clear Herbert's probably going to be the lead dog there. Yeah, but we know it's going to be a, a it's going to be a running back by committee. But my thing is, I really think that you're going to have a three headed monster, and I think it's going to be hard to keep Johnson on the sideline. That makes the running back room a little bit more unique, which you can give these different opponent defenses different looks, right, and how you scheme and all that good stuff. So that's what the Bears got a lot to work with when it comes down to that. Now, I want to just transition over to offensive tackle real quick. So at left tackle, we know Braxton Jones, hey, he was the surprise of Ryan Pose's draft last year, fifth-round draft pick, started every game. We know right. the story there. Now, you got a chance to talk to Braxton Jones at the Chicago Bears draft party. Can you talk to the audience about what Braxton Jones had to say when he heard that Darnell Wright was the first-round pick for the Bears? Braxton Jones is one of the ultimate competitors. He was like, yeah, it's a good move. A good move for us. Very good. But I'm good. Oh, I am good over here. He started chuckling prayers. I said, okay, I see it. I see the confidence level. He's like, look, I'm good at left tackle. I got this. Right? Don't oh. have to worry about the right tackle spot. Hold that down. But over here, we good, baby. We good. We coming. Oh, I love that. I was like, get it, Braxton Jones. <laughs> Man, when I left that booth, I was like, man, Braxton Jones is no joke. And the thing is, you hear the guy talk, right, prayers in general, in the media and all that stuff. He's a nice guy. It really is. But when it comes down to competition, man, this guy's ready. He's prepared. He's a guy, you say, like the battle in the trenches. He's ready to go to war, man. And I took away from that conversation like, wow, this is what I'm talking about. This is the type of guy that the Chicago Bears need, man, that's on that offensive line. A guy that's not going to give up anything, who's going to learn, continue to grow, and is going to battle. No, nah, he's definitely going to battle, man. It seems like he wants to smoke, and I love that. Now, let's flip to the defensive side of the ball a little bit, man. So, 
we talked briefly last episode about Kendall Vildor, right? And the impact yeah. of Tyreek Stevenson coming in here, because that's a guy that I think may come in and compete for that starter role. But yeah. then you see Brian Poles then go out, go out there and get Terrell Smith as well. Yep. And Terrell Smith, that size speed combo that he has, hey, that boy could ball. He could ball. So when I look at a guy like Kendall Vildor, who we talked about briefly in the last episode, now I'm really looking at Vildor like, man, Vildor, they bring in some guys over here on your side. That's going to be a key factor for the Chicago Bears going forward. And drafting these couple picks right here, Perez, tells you that, hey, it's a key component where we need to be successful. And Vildor, we already know. That second season that he had in the league was, was awful. He followed up A-Dub last season where I thought – with a pretty quality, solid third year in the, in the league. But the fact that Ryan Pohl still felt the need to upgrade that position, it, it tells you that he's not sold on. We could give us that one year. Oh, that was nice, man. Can he maintain that or even get better? We don't even know, man, because can he make the jump and move forward? And then also look at the fact, what does the contract negotiations look like too, Perez? What does that look like at what price? I don't even think it'll get to that point. If Stevenson and Smith... Excel early, right? It may be goodbye, Vildor. He may be a cut. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, uh oh, uh oh. You got two young cats hungry and come and take your spot, man. That is a possibility. All right, defensive line, right? So you and I, we both talked about the fact of we wanted a disruptor up front. We didn't get an edge rusher, and we didn't necessarily get that three technique that you and I both were kind of saying. Ooh, if he's there, <laughs> let's get him. Right. <laughs> I, 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 it's going to take me a while to get over that one. But what I will say, Justin Jones was your guy last season. Right. And I think with the moves that Ryan Poles made in the draft, I feel like he added a little bit more competition there for Justin Jones. You know what, Perez? He had to. I don't want Justin Jones to get comfortable, bro. You know, and the thing is, Justin Jones, you got to prove yourself. So was he solid? I give him that. But the thing is, it wasn't enough. So therefore, we're saying, hey, step your game up. We're going to see you be better than when you were last season because we're going to need that, man. We saw what happened to these guys running all over the sprays. You talked a lot about that already. We wouldn't provide enough pressure, man, on these offenses, man, that we're going up against. So therefore, Justin Jones, you're part of that process. You got to be better. And if you can't get the job done, remember, got other pieces who are coming on board who also want to compete with you and try to show us that what they're able to do as well. Yeah, I mean, because to that point, I don't see Justin Jones losing his job or anything like that, but I'm going to say this. You got Dexter that we brought in here, who's more than likely going to play the one technique that I mentioned on the last show. Well, that's the spot that Andrew Billings came in here and signed to play on for. True. Well, the guy that I talked to the audience about last episode was Pickens, and that is the guy right there that I think if all things align, he could be the one that's coming for Jones' spot at three technique. Pick is not happy where he was drafted at, of course. You know that already, Prince. No, hell no, he wasn't. <laughs> exactly. So when a guy come in with an edge like that and feel like they got something to prove and with a chip on their shoulder, that is dangerous, man, in a good way. So you're right, Prince. He can come in and say, look, hey, look, don't forget about me. I am here also. But one thing that I want the audience to keep in mind when it comes to a Justin Jones, he's highly regarded in that locker room. The media loves him. He's a great guy. So, honestly, I don't see him losing the starting spot, but I love competition. Me too. And what Ryan Poles did with this draft, which I give this draft overall an A-. minus. The only reason why he didn't get an A-plus is because he didn't give me an edge rush. <laughs> there's so much talent that, that Ryan Poles has brought in here this offseason. 
I cannot wait to get my look at this team and OTAs, get a look at this, this team and train the camp, bro. I'm just excited because there's just going to be so much talent on this roster. And this is something that you and I have been wanting. We've been looking, we've been waiting for this because when he stripped the, the cupboard bare, you know, we was out here like, all right, well, what they going to do? We got a lot right. of needs. Right. <laughs> well, now he's starting to slowly but surely solidify those needs. And this is why I got to give Ryan Foles a lot of credit. I'm glad you said you gave him an A minus. I gave him a B plus. But mm -hmm. the thing is, with it, man, he got people that fits the bill from the standpoint of the locker room, the culture, those kind of things you hear Ryan Poles talk a lot about, Prez, who would be a good fit, be able to work together. And if he don't talk about that part of it, Prez, you look at these players and say, you know what? Cause issues off field. These are really legitimate good players, man. And I want to see them continue to thrive, but it just tells you the mindset of Ryan Poles of how you want to keep a nice mix together, Prez, and try to work on building something together. I mean, just think back, A-Dub, we talk about this so many times when obviously Ryan Poles gave the ultimate soundbite. No, I'm going to say this all over again. Obviously, Ryan Poles gave the ultimate soundbite when he said he wanted to take back the North and never give it back, right? Right. We all, we all fell in love with that saying. We fell in love with him. But talk is cheap, right? True. What I like is the fact that he's going to here and going to work. He and his staff have done a phenomenal job, bro. And like I said on the last episode, what he turned that number one pick into, outstanding. Outstanding work. To see this guy taking no days off, just like you, Prez, he's working as hard as you are. <laughs> <laughs> Take no days off, man. You see Ryan Poles, the senior bowl, Prez. You see him everywhere, man. And what you see is Ryan Poles absolutely working, bro. You saw how he was, you know, with uh, Eva Flues, Ian Cunningham. This guy was all into everything, man. He's in the trenches. He's hands-on with a lot of things, Prez. And he wants to see this team get better. So you can just see the field, how Ryan Poles is just looking at everything, every particular player on this team, Prez, how all these puzzles fit together, man. And you can say this guy's going all the way in to try to make this Bears team a very good team and hopefully championship contenders down the road. Everything you said there, I can't agree with it more. The only thing I would add there is when you have your offensive coordinator as the coach of one of the teams. Right. As we mentioned before, we yep. had our bird's eye view to the talent on both squads. And what did we say on the last episode? Think about the number of guys from the senior bowl that not only did Getty see, but he coached them in that, in that game, in that week of practice. That's true. And they're bears. Yep. <laughs> And that just goes to show you, because that's that's free game right there. That's that's an opportunity for you to be there and have your hands on the player. See how they respond to coaching. See how they're performing out there when you're putting them in tough situations. Right, Perez. All man, different oh scenarios. Man, 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 oh man. The thing is, to your point out there, I really like what you're talking about, Perez. You're hands-on with this. You get to see it for yourself. You don't have to look at no video. You are the uh, video. You watch you it. Are. You hear it. You are yep. it. You know, so therefore, you have to worry about no secondhand information. You're getting it all, soaking all in right then there on the spot. And you're putting these players in situations to what you can see them do on the Chicago Bears. Man, before we get out of here, I want to get your thoughts on one pick that we have not talked about. I, honest, I don't want to disrespect the seventh rounders, but this is just a rule. We hardly ever talk about seventh rounders on this show. So I'm not going to break that rule this season. <laughs> the last pick that we have not discussed is Noah Sewell. It's a hard-hitting linebacker out of Oregon. Hey, he may struggle in coverage, but I love this pick. 
And the thing is, you talk about right there, Prince, that toughness, man. This kid is tough, man. And I think you talk about being able to go to war, battle Prez. You're right. He doesn't have all the gifts that we've seen with some of these top-level um, linebackers. But, man, can this kid compete? Plays a lot of fire, plays with passion as well, Prez. I do like him, man. And this type of culture definitely fits him. I can see him continue to grow, Prez. I'm not saying he's going to be, of course, you know, he's not going to be a day one guy who's going to be, you know, I'll start anything like that. Again, I think I want to temper expectations because he's going to have to develop. Yep. Because when you look at his skill set at Oregon, they didn't ask him to do much in coverage. So at the NFL, you got to be able to cover. You got to be able to cover tight ends. You yeah. got to be able to cover running backs out of the backfield. Facts. So when I look at a guy like this, probably projected to be a two-down linebacker in the NFL. However, man, oh, man, we can't have enough people at that linebacker position that can thump somebody. And he <laughs> can thump somebody. Yes, you and I had a hard time last year. We saw at times where we couldn't tackle when things the nature press. He can tackle, man. He can hit, right? He can hit and tackle. So if he can do that part, man. So that's the way you earn your well in this field here. You be that way consistently. But to your point, man, I don't want to say make anyone's gives anyone's hopes up high what kind of player he's going to be right now. But we know that there's some development that goes into this whole process for him. And if he continues to grow, he could be a key contributor down the road. And, and to that point, though, you, you, you have to look at the skill set and what he does best, right? Because, yep. okay, I talked about the hard hitting. He's got a little pass rush ability as well. It's underrated. And that's an area when you look at this team right now, we struggled. We didn't get after the quarterback much. Well, you got a guy right here that has an underrated ability, not only just to get after somebody that's trying to run between the tackles. Right. Hey, he's got that ability potentially to put a, some pressure on the quarterback. And that's something right there, Dub that I want to keep paying a close attention to. And I think that's going to be something that the audience is probably going to notice with him in the preseason. That's what we want. That's what we need for sure, though. But if he can continue to do something like that, Perez, that's, again, that's one of the ways to continue to get the eyes of the coaching staff, man, if you want, if you competing out there. So if he's doing that, that's always a good thing, Perez. If you fire up the tape on him, you're not going to see the type of sexy highlights that you see with some of the other guys that the Bears picked. But what I will tell you is what I did see on tape was an instinctive player, a guy that's going to play hard. And I think a guy that when he gets to the NFL, gets some NFL coaching in the mix, A-Dub, I think you're going to see a lot of the deficiencies in his game improve a bit. That stuff do got to be cleaned up first, though, bro, before we hit that field. Because I know the, the Bears are going to be very careful how to utilize them if those are still some of the deficiencies there. But I would definitely love to see him on special teams if it works out that way, because you know he's going to come down there and fucking knock the piss out of somebody. <laughs> Absolutely, man. He's not afraid to put a hit on you. right about that, bro. You think about what we did in the offseason with that linebacker room. Again, what is the number one theme for this offseason, audience? Competition. Yes. Ryan Poles upgraded that linebacker room. TJ Edwards, Tremaine Edmonds, bringing those two in here. Adding those guys to... I thought which was already a solid mix when you have my boy Jack Sanborn out there, right? Right, I, right. I love Jack Sanborn. <laughs> love yep. that kid. Love that kid. But, you know, you now you got a guy like Sewell that's coming in here. Like I said, just you can't have enough depth at a position like that. You can never have enough talent at a position like that. And Ryan Poles, he just continues to just make things happen. And, I mean, okay, I'm not going to get into the several picks that deeply, but in the seventh round, we got Travis Bell, defensive tackle, and then Kendall Williamson, a safety, in the seventh round. So, again, more depth that you're adding to that defense. And I hate to keep throwing this out there, Perez, but players get hurt, man. 
you need somebody to come in who can definitely hold it down. And nothing more than having depth that can cure that process right there. Because you don't want to miss a beat. You want to stay competitive. You want to stay strong. You want to see your team play well. But you got to have that depth piece because anything can happen during the season. But I'll tell you one thing, A-Dub, man. I cannot wait till they get these guys in the building. I can't wait till the coaching staff gets their hands on them. Because, yep. hey, we've seen all the tape. We, we've heard all the interviews. You were at the draft party. I was at the draft. We back home now. I just want to see now – after the dust settles, what we got? What we hearing? What we saying? <laughs> well, hey, audience, this concludes our 2023 NFL draft coverage. We hope you guys enjoyed it. But we hit this thing from the Illini perspective, as we told you guys we were going to do. And obviously, hitting it from a Chicago Bear, Bear Down perspective. Check out the articles that Press put out there about the Chicago Bears uh, draft class, man. I mean, it's a lot of good stuff out there, a lot of good insight. If you have not checked it out, check it out. Good information, good work there, Perez. Hey, man, I appreciate you, A-Dub. And I'm just looking forward to the continuation of this offseason as we transition into the 2023 NFL season. I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Um, I think that Ryan Poles is showing people why he was hired, and he is showing you a guy that had a plan. I know I keep saying that, A-Dub, but the guy has a plan. Yes. And that shit gives us all reasons to have this optimism. Now, I know that we're having this conversation in May, and I'm probably setting myself up with some sort of heartbreak. <laughs> but hey, tub, I'm allowing myself to be happy over here. I really am. And I'm feeling pretty confident right now, Prince. So I hope these players don't let us down, bro. No, I hope not either. Well, audience, we appreciate your continued support of the platform and for helping make us a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. And we are out.